0: Well, I'd like to welcome you back, everybody. Welcome back to Symbol Athletica, the brand of the purpose-driven. We stand for people that stand for something. My name is Earl Mann, and I am excited to be the host of the conversation today. Today should be a fun one. One of the things I talk about often here. Today, we're gonna talk about the dragon. Now, we know the dragon is a metaphor we use for challenge, conflict, fear, mostly fear, but that's most of the things we deal with. <laughs> we call it by different, other, many other names. <laughs> but today, we're going to do something a little bit different. You know, often we talk about how to um, uh, deal with the dragon, how to deal with fear, how to manage it, how to leverage it even, dance with it. But today, we're going to talk about how to train your dragon. We're going to talk about how to train your dragon. And to keep the conversation imaginative, because remember, this is is designed to uh, encourage you to think about strategies that you can employ in your own life, on your own quest to get better at all stuff. To keep the conversation light and imaginative and fun, I'm actually gonna share the dragon training technique taught to us on Krypton. So you're gonna get Kryptonian dragon training techniques today today on today's conversation. So if you've ever wondered if you could and how would you, if you could, train your dragon? Well, you are at the right place. Welcome to the conversation. Okay, how to train your dragon, your dragon of fear, how to train this dragon. Okay, we're gonna actually go through this step by step. So some of it's gonna be pretty obvious, but we're not gonna leave anything out because if you want to be a dragon trainer, at the end of this call, hopefully you have a nice recipe you can use or you can use as the base recipe for your own brilliant approach to training your dragons. So the first thing you must do is identify the dragon for what it is. See it. You have to literally see it. Now, this is less common than most people think because most people see the dragon and then they call it something different. They either look away from it, they back up from it, they avoid it, or they call it something different. They don't say, I'm afraid to go ask for a promotion They say they have another reason as to why they don't do it. They don't say thoughts of um, doing a task make me fearful. What they say is things like, oh, that makes me nervous. It makes me nervous to think about that. What they're talking about are fears. We talk about minor fears a lot on this podcast series. But What we're talking about are these minor fears that people don't even identify as fears, but they are. They are definitely fear. So the first thing you have to do to train a dragon is to see the dragon for what it is. You have to be able to look at it and identify it and point to it as a dragon, as fear. You have to be able to say, ah, there you are. I see you. Second thing you must do, once you identify it and you see it, you must approach it. You must approach it. You have to close the distance between you and that fear. You gotta go close to the dragon. You gotta come up, you gotta go up to it. And you have to go up to it and not flinch back. You just have to go up to it and stand there and see it. And let it stand there and see you. And you have to be in that moment, in that presence of it. And then you can back away. Now, you're gonna have to reapproach the dragon again. But here, let's get into the, the hard part. You're gonna have to feed this dragon. And this is gonna sound scarier than it is, but it's, it's the way we were taught on Krypton. You have to feed the dragon, and you have to feed it a little bit, just a nibble, of you. <laughs> I know, I just lost everybody on that one, right? You have to, yeah, you have to let it bite you. You have to literally close the distance between you and that fear, reach out, touch it, and go ahead and let it bite you. Not let it, it's not gonna eat you, but let it, it's just gonna nip you. You just gotta let him do that. And then you can back up. And when you back up, you, you back up just a little bit so you stand in the presence. Remember, that was step one. You gotta be able to stand in the presence of the dragon and not flinch. So you just back up to that comfortable place where you're less, a little bit more comfortable, and where you can still see him, he can still see you. But you have to have you have to let him bite you. It's very important that you let him bite you because what happens in the DNA of dragons is it changes it changes how he senses you. Once you let him bite you, and once you can let him bite you and you can stand in his presence and not flinch, then he will actually stop hunting you. By hunting you, um, he won't haunt you, which means he won't dwell in your mind when you're not in his presence. He won't manipulate your thoughts. He won't make you avoid coming to see him just because you know he's gonna be there. That, he stops hunting so he stops haunting. So that's a huge step for most people because most people let the fear of the dragon keep them from even taking steps towards the dragon, which means they can never tame a dragon because right, you have to be in the presence of the dragon. Right? So you have to do this a few times. You have to get in the presence of the dragon, reach out and touch it. That means do that thing, Exper- do the thing, be in that fear. But just for a moment, just a nibble, he's just gonna bite you. You know, it may hurt for just a second, but hurt, it means, you know, makes you feel uncomfortable. But then you're gonna step back just a little bit, but stay in the presence of that fear and of that dragon. You're gonna stay right there for a minute. Now, depending upon how big your dragon is, because I don't know which dragon you're trying to tame today, the bigger the dragon, <laughs> the more nibbles he's gonna have to take. The smaller the dragon, it might just take one. But what happens is there's a turning point, there's a, there's a, there's a point, and I can't tell you when this is because it's gonna be different for everybody because everybody's different and everybody's dragon is different, a different size. But what happens is it gets to the point where that those nibbles are altering the DNA of the dragon, right? It's altering the DNA of the dragon. And then here's the critical point you want to get to. What happens is the dragon will suddenly see the world through your eyes. Think about this now. You are standing there facing the dragon, but now the dragon stop seeing from his own eyes and start seeing through your eyes. It's kind of the magic of the DNA stuff. That's why you gotta let him bite you. That's why you gotta feed him, you gotta let him nibble. You gotta do this over and over until that DNA stuff takes over and the the dragon itself changes. And he will see the world through your eyes. And here's when the power changes. Because now, when you approach the dragon, guess what the dragon is afraid of? This is, this is funny. Dragons are afraid of dragons. <laughs> They're afraid of other dragons. So this fear, this dragons now sees the world through your eyes. You're looking at him, right? But he's he's seeing the world through your eyes. So you seem the most imposing because you are standing in its presence and not flinching. It assumes that you're a bigger, badder, bolder dragon. So it gets nervous and it starts to flinch a little. It starts to be uncomfortable. The balance of power has changed. Now, now is when you must give that dragon a command. And it's just always the same command when training the dragon. And the command is back up. You want to, back the dragon up, you wanna tell the dragon to back up. You're not moving back, it has to move back. You move right up into the presence of the dragon and you command it to back up. Cause here's what happens, as the dragon starts to back up, he's seeing the world through your eyes, so perception is he's getting smaller and smaller as he backs up, right, that's just perception. So he's getting weaker and weaker as he backs up listening by your command. And now you have successfully done 80% of training this dragon. He is now following your commands. He is now following your commands. The, the relationship between who is starting the chain reaction and the interplay between you two has shifted. You are now the master, if you will. Some of you, some of you will want to give the command to bow, so that you can get on this dragon and ride it. Some of you literally might might want to be dragon riders. Some people want to do that because it serves them because of other things they want to do in their life to be constantly associated with this fear, to literally seek it, ride it, make it bow and ride it. Performers are this way. High-level professionals are athletes are this way. They're fearful, and they use other words to describe it, but they're fearful, fearful before every major, major competition that really, really matters. We call it butterflies, we call it nervous, but it's, it's a definite a element of the same, of the dragons we're talking about. Um, uh, live performers feel the same thing before they walk on stage. They feel that hesitancy, but because they've trained this dragon, they can ride this dragon, they're okay with it. It's a very little mild thing and they can ride this dragon The dragon that's serving them. Now, there are many dragons, right, in our world, and you have to take them individually, one by one by one. But I will tell you, I will will, um, ask you to consider, I will ask you to consider Um, When you talk to other people that have done things that you believe to be amazing and you listen to how they got there, ask yourself, which side of fear do those things exist? Without even knowing who these people are or what amazing things you are saying that they did, I'm pretty sure it lies on the other side of fear. They had to find a way to deal with the dragon. They had to find a way to deal with it. So what we talked about today was we had an imaginary kind of fun way to talk about how, you know, (laughs) identifying what a fear is, getting in its presence, which means not running away from that, not avoiding that, right? Not, you know, going not not um, putting distance between you and that fear, but actually closing the distance, getting close to it. And then we talk about letting it nibble on you, right? Which means just doing a little bit of what are these things are that make you afraid. Reach out and touch. Just just participate. Just do a little. If you're definitely afraid of public speaking, then find a way to let the dragon nibble, right? Just to give it a little bite and, then, you know, if you stand up in a meeting just to acknowledge how great the team is doing, even if you just do that in 20 seconds, just do that a few times. That's, that's letting a dragon nibble on you, right? Because now we understand, you know, at least in images, we understand that as he nibbles, his DNA is changing. And at some point, that flip is going to happen. And the dragon's gonna stop hunting you, stop haunting you, right? You're gonna stop. So you're gonna be much freer and much, you're gonna find yourself much more comfortable in these circumstances where this dragon would normally be. And then at some point, the dragon's gonna see him, the world through your eyes, right? Which means he's gonna see himself, which means he's gonna get smaller by your commanding him to back up. Everybody kind of got this imagery, I hope. That's a fun way for me to think about um, training the dragon. Because I, I personally believe that um, the dragons in our lives are these things, especially fear. Most of them are some flavor of fear. Are the single biggest nemesis we have in going from one level to the next, of moving from one stage to the next, of finding out what our true potential could be of taking the steps required to fill in the blank. You know, live your dream life, best life, better life, next life, whatever you wanna call it. What stands between, what usually stands between here and there is this dragon. And but for most people, just the just the knowledge that the dragon is between here and there. They don't even see it, they don't even approach it. Just the knowledge that it's on the path keeps them from taking the path. They don't even, that's most people, right? So, where this call isn't for most people, right? This is Symbol Athletica. We believe that, you know, in a purpose-driven experience, right? We believe in challenge, Athletica, right? We believe that that challenge is a part of the formula. So, the fact that there's a dragon on this path is just data to us. Okay, so what does that mean, if there's a dragon on the path? Because it's more important for me to go down the path. That So, How do I deal with this dragon? That's the way we would approach it, right? So we will talk today about an idea that you can use to formulate a strategy to deal with that dragon that you know, you know right now, all of you know, that dragon you need to tame. Whether it's socially, professionally, in areas of your personal growth and development, in business, uh, relationship-wise, you, we all know the dragon. The minute you think dragon you, in, the, in the context of fear, in the context of dealing with the fear, you immediately have this picture or this idea of what, or what many of you may have many of them, but you, something comes to mind. So now you have a formula and I challenge you. I challenge you to take the Kryptonian approach and go tame that dragon, tame it. Don't be average. I mean, average people are sad, right? Most people aren't enthusiastically, ten, you know, full of life and, and, and happiness and, and all of that stuff. So we want to be in that minority, right? So most people avoid the dragon. Less people than most. Will approach a path. Will approach the dragon, and will take the path with the dragon, with a known dragon on it. Even less people will deal with the dragon. Less people than that will try to conquer the dragon, defeat the dragon. But less people, even less people than that, will tame the dragon and make it serve. well that 's the conversation for today, everybody. hope you got something to think about out of that. hope you, your mind just bounced around different 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 dragons that you can now put let put on notice put on notice that the dragon tamer's here <laughs> happy hunting folks. happy hunting. If you know other people that you think may benefit from these these uh Sometimes weird conversations we have here at Symbol Athletica. Please let them know that the conversation's going on. You just never know what they might get out of this. Um, They might just vibe with the nature of this tribe. I will see everyone on the next episode. So, Symbol Athletica. Symbol. Symbol is something that stands for something else, something that means something. We believe that this is both who we are at any given moment and the answer to the question of who we can become if we choose to make these purposeful decisions. We are the best living example of our own beliefs, symbols of our own beliefs. And we believe that success comes, there are two things that are always present in success, movement and challenge, movement and challenge. So, Athletica is our acknowledgement that we must be open to and embrace a culture based on movement and challenge, and we believe that These two things combined are a formula for massive, massive happiness as humans. So the Symbol Athletica brand are for people that embrace these ideas. We want to create a global tribe of purpose-driven individuals, all on their own missions, all for their own purposes and all in their own ways. But we want to feed on the success of each other. We want every living example to inspire others to do the same. That is what we're about. Brand of the Purpose Driven. And we thank you for your support.